0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. From the epistle written by St. Paul to the church in Corinth, quote, Judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts, and then everyone's praise will come from God. We tend to think of St. Paul as a famous person, the apostle to the Gentiles and the preeminent New Testament theologian, whose revived or or, uh, revitalized words kindled the Reformation. But a closer look at St. Paul in his historical context reveals an unpopular and persecuted man the catalog of the sufferings that he gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 would cause most people to give up. He was violently opposed by his former colleagues after his conversion. Some of the churches he founded wavered in their allegiance to him. And ultimately, the Roman state sentenced him to death. Hardly a model for faith in the consumer age. St. Paul was able to persevere in the faith through suffering and opposition because he had a deep sense of vocation, a sense that God had called him to do this work and a confidence that God would reward him for his faithfulness. The promised reward is intricately related to vocation. Each one's praise will come from God in proportion to each one's faithfulness in doing the work that God has given to each. For how can God say to us, well done, apart from the understanding that there was something to do? Christian faith is often thought of as a belief system. However, the New Testament repeatedly emphasizes that faith is a way of life to which we are called, a vocation. For example, Ephesians exhorts us to, quote, walk worthy of the vocation with which you are called. There are common elements to the Christian vocation. We are all called to obey the moral commandments as these are articulated into the language of love in the New Testament. This is a baseline. The Christian vocation goes beyond this with two points of emphasis. First, we are called to accept the suffering that comes upon us because we do what is right. As First Peter says, quote, when you do good and suffer for it and take it patiently, This is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Second, we are called to respond to evil with good. As 1 Peter says, quote, Not returning evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, a blessing, knowing that you were called to this that you may inherit a blessing. There are individual elements to the Christian vocation. You have been given unique spiritual gifts by Christ. First Peter says again, as each has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. St. Paul uses the same language in the epistle when he says that he is a steward of the mystery of God. We, like him, are called to be faithful stewards. You have experienced the presence and power of Christ in unique ways in your life, which makes you a unique witness. You live in a context of relationships that you have a unique ability to influence. Your unique gifts and experiences and context Define your unique vocation. The idea of Christian vocation stands in contrast with the idea prevalent in our culture that you can do and be anything that you want to do and be. To have faith is to accept our specific vocation, our cross, and our limitations. It is to say, With Mary, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Faith trusts that God will reward us for our faithfulness in doing what he calls us to do. Both vocation and reward come from God. And here we can see the problem with the idea that you can do or be anything you want to do or be. If you create your own life, if you are, as Father David once described it, a self-made man who worships his maker, or if, in the words of the song, you did it my way, who is going to reward you? Life becomes a pursuit of affirmation from others. And since the opinions of others are fleeting and transitory, and public affirmation often masks private disapproval, the pursuit of affirmation from others results in insecurity and anxiety. St. Paul's comments about future reward in the epistle are related to the way he himself was being judged by certain people in the church in Corinth. Some in Corinth judged St. Paul to be deficient in two ways. His appearance was not impressive and he was not a great speaker. A co-worker in Corinth named Apollos excelled Paul in both of these areas. And some preferred Apollos so that factions were developing in the church. An unfortunately timeless pattern. Paul rejected the judgment of what he called, quote, a human court. The passage says literally, judged by a human day. Thus, he subtly contrasts this human day of judgment with Christ's judgment on the day of the Lord. St. Paul was able to reject or ignore the judgment of his critics because he was clear in a sense of vocation. God would not judge him for what others thought of him. God would judge him for his faithfulness in doing what God had called him to do. We worry too much about what other people think of us. Our culture focus, focuses excessively on image and appearance things that mean absolutely nothing on the day when the secrets of all hearts are revealed the only way to free ourselves from the tyranny of the human court is to renew our sense of vocation that prepares us for the day of the lord what is god calling me to do in my unique circumstances with my unique gifts and opportunities. And also, what is God calling me not to do? Advent tells us to repent and get ready for the coming of Jesus. Repentance includes confession. But confession only makes sense in the context of vocation. The guilt of sin is like a wound or injury that makes us less fit for service. Advent repentance should focus on removing from our lives that have di- things that have distracted us from our vocation and healing the wounds that have rendered us unprepared to serve God and others. But the focus should be on how to move forward faithfully in doing the things that God has called us to do. God occasionally calls us to do extraordinary things. But our Christian vocation centers on ordinary faithfulness. The parable of the talents and the parable of the wise and foolish virgins in Matthew 25. Parables that focus on preparation for the coming of Jesus. Both emphasize this truth. The servant who is told, well done. At the end is the servant who practiced ordinary faithfulness with the talents he had been given. It is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The wise virgins kept their lamps burning with a regular supply of oil, an allusion to ordinary faithfulness in the life of prayer. Advent reminds us to turn our attention back to the only one whose opinion matters in the long run. Thus, Advent directs us back to our vocation. What is God calling us to do? We discern our vocation through faithful prayer that continually listens for the voice of God. We live out our vocation by faith that is willing to go wherever that voice leads, no matter what other people think. As the epistle says, quote, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. When Jesus comes, he will, quote, both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts, and then everyone's praise will come from God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.